Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Four Pointers Fantasy League podcast. I am Jake, and I'm joined by Trent. Trent, how's it going? Good. I'm glad that I didn't do what I was thinking. I was like, you know, it'd be funny if I just screamed. As loud as I, I was could. expecting when you said I knew what I was thinking. I was like, it was always going to be a scream, something to put me off completely. Yeah. So that, um, that checks out. Yeah, but I realized how tired I was, and I'm like, I don't want to re-record <laughs> this intro. Yeah, one take, one take. That's all yeah. I've got. That's all I got in me. <laughs> if it crashes like it did the other week, I'm just done. Yeah. That's it. No, no one gets an episode. If you, yeah, not. if you don't hear from us this week, you know why. We've, uh, we're done. <laughs> you know, if it crashed, no one would have heard that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just nothing. Just nothing. Just silence for a, for a whole week. Uh, I'm good for someone that lost on the weekend. I'm 2-2 two and two for the season. At least I don't have a losing record like some people in this room. I yeah. want to point fingers. 1-3 and three this uh, start of the season. But I'm in uh, 14th place in our league with a positive 4 and against, so go figure. <laughs> Even a 4 and against doesn't count in our <laughs> league. Uh, where are you ranked overall? Uh, so yeah, so last week I had a decent week. Uh, ranked 19,330 for the round. Uh, and overall 21,196. I jumped up about 5,000 mm. places, which is, uh, which is good. For the round, I was in the top 19,000, and I'm in the top 20,000 still overall, so I'm holding you off Just after you really ran up the cricket score on me last year. I'm just holding you off um, this year, getting a little bit of dignity back in small p- parcel-like sizes. Uh, so I guess we'll uh, move straight, we'll kick straight on then, we'll move into the team list, Notable Notables. Uh so Jake, it wasn't a super busy team list. A lot of small incremental moves. We've um, pulled out what we think have been some some of the more interesting ones. So Cooler at yep. Manly, playing fullback while Tommy Turbo's out. I think Turbo's out for a max of six weeks, and he scored thirty minutes in the centre position. Seeing at fullback, he could potentially be a thirty point plus. 80-minute player for the next four to six weeks. Some value there. Yeah, so obviously last season or last few years, Ruben Garrick's been the backup um, backup fullback, uh, but they obviously don't want to change the team too much, so they've gone for Cooler instead. Uh, yeah, break-even of 18, which is uh, which is handy. Uh, that big score against the, uh, last week against the Raiders um, definitely would have helped. Uh, so hopefully, yeah, if he can get four weeks um, with consistently 30, 40 points, um, hopefully more, uh, yeah, definitely some price rises uh, for, for him. Yeah, most of the Manly team. I'll leave this one up to you because you're much better at pronouncing the last name. <laughs> uh, so it's Christian Tui, uh, Tui Pelotu. So I think that's how he pronounces it. Could be wrong, but that's, that's what I'm going with. Uh, so he's Jags, the centre position, so, and he's um, at 240. And he's got 80 minutes to get that score up. I don't know. I don't think he has as much position security as Cooler, though. Yeah, so it looks like... Uh, so I think Brad uh, Brad Parker was out last week. Well, originally they said it was COVID. So it looks either he's not back or they've, he's been dropped. He's on the extended bench. Yeah, probably. so it looks like he's been dropped uh, or put in the reserves, which is, uh, which is interesting. So, uh, yeah, he gets a start. But like you said, not a lot of job security. Uh, 240K. Um, but, yeah, considering that probably when... Uh, when when I guess Tommy comes back, um, he will uh, he will probably get dropped, and Cooler may potentially will go back to centre. Um, yeah, probably one to be weary of uh, for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and a, a very strong point per minute player, Kobe Hetherington for the Broncos. He's getting a starting go starting lock with Pat Carrigan out. He's um, previously scored thirty three and thirty four minutes, forty three and thirty seven, and twenty six and twenty four. So he's currently averaging more than a point a minute. So see him get maybe up to eighty minutes on the field will be pretty interesting. See what he can bring in score wise. 
Yeah, so Pat Harrigan's uh, got a knee injury out this at four to six weeks, so another one. Yeah, 418, um, probably not where yeah, the points of what he's been scoring is probably what he's worth. So if he's yeah plays 80 minutes, those those points will go go through the roof. So definitely one to uh, to have a look at if you've got space uh, in your cap. Kyle Flanagan, who <laughs> might go down as the most overpriced player in history, when I think he was at 700 last year. Yeah. The start, and then just dudded out from there. He's getting another chance. Um, might be the last chance to lean for him with rumours coming out this week that him and his dad might be off to Leeds. Yes. So I think they want to have one last look at him to see if he can crack on, considering that Matt Burden hasn't been getting much help in the halves. He has traditionally scored fairly well, not at the top tier, but he has potential to go off in the 50s. He's a strong goal kicker, good place kicker, organising half that can rack up some try assists can get also rack up the missed tackles though yeah so yeah obviously before with the the whole changes in kick meters you probably would have been more of an option uh priced at priced at 517k with a break even of 39 um so you know if he if he kicks well and like gets a few tries this definitely could uh could rack up those points but they're playing the Panthers, um, so which is probably not the best uh, best first up to, to be a pressure check against um, when they're uh, they're flying the, the way they are. So definitely one I'd be uh, be wanted to, to get the eye over um, for a first week. And uh, Trent Barrett's taking the old uh, Kevin Walters uh, approach of just changing your halves every week <laughs> until you find something that sticks. So because right. that worked so well for Kevin Walters yeah. last year, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, everyone had a go. I think I, I always thought they should have started with Kyle Flanagan and given yep. the chance to lose it. Although Jacob Varillo pl- uh, played well, at least from a fantasy point of view last year. Sometimes you think, based on Trent Barrett's coaching selections, he plays he play, plays fantasy league. <laughs> we said Bellamy last week, so maybe yeah. we were right. All the coaches are getting in on it. <laughs> but yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting how this plays out because if, if he goes off and he keeps the spot in the lineup, he's at five seventeen, like you said. He averages fifty a game. That's good value for yep. players. I think we look we're looking at cooler um two pu- two Amazing. You should go live in Samoa, Jake. You'd fit right in. Throw in that Bill Tank singlet, some stubbies, <laughs> some thongs. You're after the race. It's my normal attire anyway. So. <laughs> and then you got got them and Kobe Hetherington. Those are all four to six week propositions at best. Yep. Uh, Kyle Flanagan, while he might only be in for a week, he could also be in there for the rest of the season. So it's interesting to watch because, you know, scores don't really change that much until weeks three. So if he kicks off the first two weeks, um, not crazy to keep your eyes on it. Could be a bargain. Yeah, could be a bargain. Uh, that's the main talking points for my notable notables. There wasn't a ton going on. We're at that point of the year where there's not many huge swings of the axes unless injuries come on. Uh, I think Tom Dvojevic was the main injury, yeah, Jake. which we and, sort of uh, touched on. Yeah, outside of that, I think the teams are starting to look pretty settled. Uh I think it's more now becoming a case of minute distribution, like Max King getting 49 minutes last week was sick because he's one of the greatest uh, point-per-minute players in the league at the moment, averaging 47 points in, I think, around 35 minutes a game. Yep. So, uh, But we'll kick on with this week's special super mega section. I don't think I've ever said that the same. No, I don't think that, uh, I would be surprised if you did. Like You, you love right. the old uh, adjectives. I'm sure. I'm sure on a busy Saturday night for you, you go through and you'll cut them all together. Yeah, yeah, I'll uh, I'll put them into a massive long yeah <laughs> of a segment that'll be the final segment that'll be yeah 13 minutes long of just all the stuff you've called this segment. So. This is a game that we normally play about non-rugby league topics, studs and duds. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, so we're going to talk about some of the players, that, whether they're studs or duds, basically whether they're keepers or sellers. A lot of all ones that we um, had some thoughts on throughout the year. Some guys we weren't expecting to be studs and some guys we weren't expecting to be duds. So I think we'll kick off with probably one one person that we've all been talking about who cost me my game, <laughs> Kalen Ponga. He scored six on the weekend, coming off of a, a two-week layoff with a knee injury, MCL. He's uh, didn't look great. You'd argue that it was just a rough re- reignition into the game, and he'll be good to go going forward. He's never, I'd say, been... T- he's more flirted of A1 level than he's actually been pl- consistently. I think he's averaged in the past around 50 a game. Uh, if he's giving you random scores of five or six, so then that starts to become a much more dangerous proposition because if you're playing league, especially, that's the type of score that could cost you a game. Uh, and that's looking like the offense I've put up around Ponga, even though that in the off season, Andrew Johns came out and said that they wanted to get him more ball than he's been getting. He's been seeming to get less. I don't know if that's him not pushing his way into the team or if they're still having issues getting the ball to him in the right spots. But like, kind of where do you have Kalen pegged at the moment? Yeah, so I was just looking. He's at eight point two percent of ownership. Um, I get yeah, another one. I, lo- I lost this week because of his uh, score as well. So yeah, not a good week for uh, Ponga owners. Um, I would hope that six would be an anomaly. Like the the conditions they were playing in at Shark Park on Friday were horrendous. Like the wind was just out of control. So I mean, that's you would hope that's not every week from a um, I guess a weather perspective. Um, but yeah, like you said, he's not really getting involved. Like he scored pretty well the first week. Obviously, um, Newcastle's you know put the the sword through the the Roosters, which which definitely helped. Um, but yeah, I think we talked about it too. Like off the podcast, the, the sort of the the directive is is he sort of give the ball off to his wingers um, when he catches yeah. the ball. So which is uh, that, hurting his points as well. Yeah, that's normal though. He's done that for a few years now. Yeah. So when comparing his scores to previous years, I don't find that to be too much of a worry. What I found is I don't, I'll have to double check right now, but my belief is he hasn't scored, uh, hasn't got a try assist or a try this year. No, he hasn't. Over two games, which, yeah. you know, obviously those are, make up a huge piece of his scoring profile. Um, the, when, the points he did get in that 47 that he scored in round one, five points were from kick defusals and then you got uh, 15 points from meters gained and then you got eight points from tackle breaks like that 47 i watched the game and the eye test i was like he might score 35 here and i thought well lucky that he got away with 47 without any real attacking stats like those tackle breaks definitely helped uh, and two offloads. So he got 16 points there between his tackle breaks and his offloads. But he doesn't make those every week. And that was more of a case of him trying to create something because he was struggling to create out on the edges like he normally does. So I think it's it's definitely... I, I sold him this week because I needed the money that's distributed through my team and he was the only one that made sense and I wanted to bring in a lot of cheapies to raise my salary cap. But I think my general advice is I don't think it's a sell yet, especially at the price he's at. Like, you're selling rock low. Because everyone bought him at the start of the year because he was so cheap. cheap. Yeah. I mean, he's already lost money on that, so that's not good value to be selling him at. I think he's worth to keep for now. I'd say he's a dud with a question mark. Yeah, definitely agree. Um, like, so hopefully that's an anomaly. Uh, break even to 71 this week, which is not ideal. Um, but, yeah, if you have if you thought he was a good player... Um, 
to start the season, you shouldn't really be yeah, making that call off, off one week. One player, the next player I got on this list is definitely a stud, unless you've got a different opinion. <laughs> uh, well, maybe Albert Kelly does. Payne Haas. <laughs> so Payne, Payne Haas is, I think, would you agree, Jacob, maybe established himself as the best player of the season so far? He's coming with an average of 71.3. He might not have the highest average, but I feel like people are most confident in Payne Haas as their captain at the moment. Yeah, so well, actually he does uh, have the highest average at the moment by 0.3 to Cam Murray. Um, so, yeah. but yeah, he uh, yeah he's he's consistently scores well. Um, you know, he's been playing or well, last week against the Warriors. He played 72 minutes, which is uh, great for uh, for people that have him because yeah, points per minute he's been a gun. Um, he consistently gets um, high run meters, um, and he's pretty much a safe nearly choice for captain. Uh, every week, um, I guess last year everyone had the the whole Cleary thing where Cleary was just scoring a hundred odd points. So um, Payne Haas sort of, I guess, snuck through the radar, and he had this slow start of the season because he didn't start the season. Um, so yeah, but he's uh, he started this year strong, and um, he doesn't look like he's slowing down anytime soon. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think we need to have as much of a debate about that yeah. one. Uh, this one is probably the most interesting narrative when it comes to big name players. Tom Turbo Dravojevich started at one po- uh, a little bit over one million. Yep, he's now down to the seven hundreds. Now he's out for four to six weeks. I think I don't think many people would be advising to keep him at the moment, considering he'll be coming back with a big what's it another big break even. Yeah, eighty eight at the to break even to come back with. But when you're planning a team for the end of the year, Jake, do you have him? In your team, and he's the only bench, or is in your starting three? Uh, if he drops down another 100, 150k, yes. <laughs> but uh, like scoring 50 points at uh, 756k is what he is now. Like, yes, okay, 50, you want to be averaging 50 points a game, but. I think like, for that price, you want six, like 55 plus. Yeah, maybe absolutely. even 60. Yeah, so like at the price he's at, no, he probably wouldn't be in my final team, especially when you've got Hines scoring well at uh, wing fullback position. Tedesco's had good games and bad games, but you generally will start yeah. to go good. And then you've got Pappenhaus and he's coming over 100. 100. Yeah, yeah, so. But yeah, I, I don't know. Where do you see, uh, see him fitting? Um, I've got him in my team. Uh,. But I've been telling you that my plan is to have like five strong wing fullbacks going into the finals and going like overall because I I'm my whole goal this year is to have high ceiling players. Yep. I think the best way to win games and to score overall is to have a player get a hundred. That kind of and as long if you have six players that are capable of getting a hundred and one of them gets it, you generally win or yep. you get very close to winning. I think uh, Tom Dravojevic can still get 100. We discussed this before. Uh, historically, Tom Dravojevic has not been a strong fantasy league player. Like, you know, he was ranked around 600,000. He would score maybe 42. And in and around what he averaged before he got injured, 38.8. So the question is, is last year was that last year an outlier? Was he just in amazing form? Because you can play well and not score well in fantasy league. Yeah. So saying he's not a great fantasy league player isn't saying he's not a great football player, but is the way that he plays the game going to go more to the way it was in 2020 when he was maybe the sixth... Fifth or sixth best option. Yeah, I think when he, before he, because he missed the first four rounds last year, I think when he came in, he was like 500 ish thousand. Yeah. So, like, he made like 500 odd thousand in like the space of 13, 14, or 15 rounds or whatever it is. 
Um, so, like, yeah, like, he made a ton of cash... But yeah, like you said, is that an anomaly? Is that not what the what we should be expecting? And he's too overpriced now. Which I mean, if you've bought him to start the season, you would be spewing. You've lost three hundred k, and um, you know now he's injured as well. So yeah, because I think you got to the point where you lost two hundred and fifty thousand. You're like, I'm just going to ride it out. But now yeah. he's out for maybe six weeks. Uh, it's hard. So that's another one with a question mark because it's just. I think you've started to build into form, like. He had the score, like, he was going up. to go up every week? Yeah. No. He Ooh, yeah, 20, had a drop in there. 35, yeah. 24, 45, 51. So he was, like, rounding into form. He got tries two weeks in a row. Uh, he was uh, made seven tackle breaks last week, and he ran for 289 metres. Yeah. So when you look at these stats, they're encouraging stats. I think um, you'd like to see, obviously, a little bit more, and he was... People forget last year he was scoring those scores because he was getting like five try assists a game, three That's tries. Right, yeah. It was like eight try involvements a game, which yeah. is just like he was set in all types of attacking records. So to assume that he's going to be at that form for the rest of his career in the next few years, that's it's a difficult proposition to accept. Yeah. Like I said, more like a hot streak. A hot streak that didn't necessarily mean he was going to revert to necessarily being at the level he was before, but thinking that. He was a $1 million player. When you compare his body of work to Nathan Cleary, Nathan Cleary's got a much more... Consistent. Consistent body of work that makes you think he's a $1 million player, a top-tier player. Like, yep. But last year, when he had a better year than Tom Dvojevic, where they had the two best years ever, Cleary, Cleary was already the best fantasy league player in the league Well, he was still that. high, expensive, He just took it yeah. to another... He just took it to another level. Yeah. Like, like, he was went from being a, like, 65-point player to an 85-point yeah. player, like... So that kind of, that progression made sense. Tom Dvojevic came out of nowhere and he's kind of gone back down. But who knows what form he's at when he comes back. So that to me, that's another question mark. Uh, next on our list, Cameron Murray, Jake. He said he was, uh, him and him and Payne Haas are the two top leaders in, in stats. They're both middle-only players. They've get, taken away Cam, Cam Murray's edge. Dual, yep, dual, dual position that he had last year. I think he's a, he's a pretty safe bet. Like, I was like, if you didn't have... If you had some type of um, issues with Payne Haas, Robert Kelly, you probably have Ker Murray <laughs> in your team because you feel pretty safe with that option. Yeah, so he's got a three-round average of uh, nearly 80, which, you know, he's had the scores of... Uh, he had low start with 46, then he's gone 84, 81, 73. And that so, involves coming off the bench in one of those games too. Yeah, so he came off the bench, I think it was against the Storm, So and still scored uh, still scored 84. So, um, look, uh, he's, he's always been sort of there or thereabouts from a, a, a fantasy player. Yeah, having last year, having that dual uh, position definitely, um, definitely helped. The fact that he can only play middles this year is not ideal, um, but yeah, to be up there in the same conversation as uh, as as Payne Haas uh, says a lot about what you know his position. So he scored a try against the Roosters, but he still managed to score eighty four with no tries against the Storm and seventy three with no tries against uh, the Panthers as well. Yeah, it's definitely in the stud category. Uh, Nathan Cleary is an interesting one. We talked we've talked a lot about. A person that's only played one game. Yeah. <laughs> but Nathan Cleary came back, got 44. His price only went down 24,000. He's going weeks two and threes. We see a bigger drop off. Tom Travoyevich was in a similar situation. He didn't have a major drop off week one. Week two and three was 70,000 plus. I think a lot, I think a lot of people's hoping Nathan Cleary at least gets to the 900,000. 
Um, 44, not bad score, but not when you pay a million dollars, you're not happy yeah, with that. Yeah. You expect 80. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and, and the, the, the Panthers play pretty well. Um, you know, kick three goals. Um, you know, have three tackle breaks. The thing last year was he was scoring tries. Like, he was getting a lot of line breaks, a lot of tries. Um, try assists, obviously, naturally come being the halfback. But, yeah, similar to Turbo, he had those really high attacking stats. Um, kick meters, like we've talked about, fairly uh, fairly often, so obviously going down has not helped. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I still a deaf question mark. Like, you can't knock back Cleary. Um, you know, he's consistently done multiple seasons of, of being a gun player. A one a one game back and being 44 is, yeah, is not a, not a concern for me. Agreed. Um, Cameron McInnes, he was... A lot of people thought him was potentially cheap, even though he was at 780 because he was one of the top scorers in the league before his ACL injury. He's come back to a new club, the Cronulla Sharks, from his injury, and he's been playing consistently off the bench. It's hard to see a pathway to him playing in the starting forward pack. Yeah, so you've got yeah pretty good rotation there at, uh, at Cronulla. Um, yeah, I've been sort of waiting for that moment that he's been named to start because that'll be priced um, because he's yeah been an absolute gun, just a tackle machine when he was at the Dragons playing dummy half. So when you're thinking he's going to play 80 minutes on an edge or even at lock, he was definitely one to, to consider. Um, but yeah, coming off the bench and scoring, you know, 30 odd points or 40 odd points is, yeah, definitely not something to look at for now. And hopefully he gets, does get the start, but it doesn't, doesn't look good. Yeah, it's not like a promising. He's the drop out of my long term plans. Rizzo was like, they'll ease him in, but it seems like their plans just have him on the bench unless someone gets injured. I'm going to put these two together Jake, Penrith Panther centers, Stephen Crichton and Targo. I think. The Crider one's a bit of a soft point for you. I told you I'd cut back to the yeah, off-season one. pod, yeah. and I said he's an absolute must-have, and you were like, shove it up, yeah. Yeah, no chance. No, no, <laughs> no, Cassini instead. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, he's been averaging close to 50 points. Um, yeah, he's been a real real standout for, for the Panthers um, playing centre. You know, centre's always a bit of a concern, but he's, uh, he's played really well. Um, and as looks like everything that you are, uh, you said he would be. So fair play. And uh, and Targo um, has just been a machine. Just try assists, um, tackle breaks, has just been an absolute gun. Um, you know, and has, has jumped up in price. Uh, I think he's the uh, the most the highest priced uh, change to uh, to start the season, which is uh, yeah a fair reflection on how he's played. Yeah, the both dual position players, uh, Targo can play edge and center. Yep, and Crichton can play center and wing fullback. So they both provide a ton of flexibility to how you position your team, which is awesome as well. So I think they're both definitely studs, especially when it comes to cost effective um, outside backs, which are always like critical to putting together a winning team. Okay, the final one, Jake. I think I know what you're going to say. You're going to say this this man's an absolute stud. Nico Hines came in at a tad over 600,000 at the start of the year. A lot of people bought him with a hope, but I don't think anyone had thought he would go on to average 67.3. He's currently owned by 45% of the league. He's got a break even of 46 this week, but he's got the West Tigers, so who knows what kind of <laughs> chaos that man's going to rain upon the league. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I was one, I was a bit weary. Um, coming out of the storm system, you notice players generally don't do better than when they leave the storm, but um, he's sort of bucking that trend. Uh, he's, uh, yeah, he wasn't getting a lot of game time. He sort of floated between, obviously, when Pappenhausen was out, he played a bit of fullback, played a bit off the bench, played a bit of six, played, yeah, he was, he wasn't really tested as a halfback. 
um, uh, in, in the NRL, so I was a bit weary, but geez, he's, uh, he's proved me and a lot of other people wrong. He's, uh, been, yeah, obviously kicking goals as well, which has helped and, uh, just been an absolute, yeah, a stud, uh, for sure. Uh, agreed. I think obviously I tried really hard to bring him into my team. That dual edge, you know, I love a dual position player Absolutely. that provides so much flexibility. He, um, has got a, you know, like high ceiling player, so he ticks all the boxes for me. Definite stud. I think that brings us to the end, Jake. A couple of duds signing off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, we'll catch you. Uh, catch you guys next week.